What is up, Western? Welcome to SOS, where we break down the stigma on student issues and fill you in on the resources that often get lost in administration. Welcome, I'm Prableen. And my name is Becca. And together, we are your hosts on the Students on Services podcast. Welcome back, friends. This is our third episode of our little mini-series where we talk to USC executives, and it's actually our last episode of the SOS podcast for the school year, which is so crazy. Time really flies. Um, today, we are having a conversation with our Vice President of University Affairs, Ziona. Ziona, if you want to go ahead and explain your role a little bit and tell us about what you do here at the USC. You can start Absolutely. Um, so my name is Ziana Kotadia. Um, I'm the Vice President of University Affairs for the USC. So excited to be here and thank you for having me. Um, pronouns are she, her. Um, and essentially what my job entails is I am the Chief um, Relationship manager and advocate for internal advocacy. So um, university stakeholder meetings, um, different committees, different task forces are kind of what um, makes up most of my day. Um, And I work on a wide variety of files, anything that affects um, university policies or programs. So that's everything from sustainability to work integrated learning to EDI work, mental health work, anti-gender based and sexual violence. So I have my hand in a lot of pots, um, but it's a really rewarding experience to be able to translate the needs of students into some tangible change. Awesome. That's that's crazy that I I actually didn't know a whole lot about your role until pretty recently. I went onto the the USC website and checked it out. Um, It sounds like a certainly intense role. So I kind of just wanted to jump right into a question, though. Um, What was a memorable experience or project that you had the opportunity to work on during your time in office? Yeah, um, I would flag Free the Dot and menstrual advocacy. Um, I'm I'm sure that you've heard all about Free the Dot. Um, The Student Support and Programming Portfolio has done an amazing job with this program. Um, And one of the really cool things about the work that Maddie and I, um, Maddie, who is our VP Student Support and Programming, as you know, One of the cool things about what Maddie and I have been able to do is I've been working over the course of the year to amplify the importance of um, Western investing directly in free menstrual products for students. Um, And Maddie and Maddie's portfolio um, and our amazing food support team um, have been focusing on demonstrating that this is possible through USC programming. Um, and so I, I've been doing things like working with facilities management, um, lobby meetings with senior administrators. I've integrated this recommendation into four separate advocacy submissions. Um, so the recommendation is, is kind of everywhere. And that work in tandem with the demonstration of a viable alternative to the current system, I think does a lot to um, move change forward. So hoping I will have some good news to share with students shortly on that front. Absolutely. That seems to be a favorite project. Yeah. Um, we, we had the opportunity to actually speak with um, Maddie yesterday. Oh, cool. We also spoke with Zamir. I can't remember if Zamir spoke on it, but I know that, that it has been a project that has been talked about a lot. Yeah. And like I said yesterday, I absolutely love that project. It has saved my life already a couple of times on campus. You know how it be. I know. And it's, you know, it, um, it's really important, I think, to be able to shine the light on like problems with like um, accessibility to menstrual products. And so I think this is a really great and unique program. I don't think people realize that actually like it can be really hard and expensive to get your hands on products like this. And um, it's something that like females who um, menstruate go through every month. So it's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's amazing that you guys you guys brought this to life. Um, and moving on to like another question. Uh, so what part of student life did you struggle with the most? And maybe what did you struggle with the most during the pandemic? Oh, um, I mean, one thing that I struggled with as a student um, a lot in my first year was just figuring out how to find like-minded people. Um, I wasn't sure where to start and I didn't know what sort of support services were available to me to help me navigate all of the different communities um, at, um, at Huron initially and then also at Western. I'm an affiliate student. So that was kind of where I started my journey at Western. Um, and it can be so overwhelming to know where to start. So that was definitely something I struggled with um, as a student when I was um, a full-time student. Um, but the pandemic, I think, um, really highlighted how difficult that journey of finding spaces of community can be when you're not able to just um, be somewhere physically or connect with people in a way that um, subverts the need for you to focus on conversation as the primary um, mode of communication. Like there's a lot that just holding a door open for someone can do, or, you know, just smiling at someone across the classroom. Like there's, there's so much that personal interactions can, can build into an experience that we lack in an online setting. So I, I feel like, you know, we all sort of struggled to find community and figure out what spaces resonated for us during the pandemic. But yeah, that was definitely something I noticed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it definitely like physical distancing, not being able to see people that you love, like that's definitely a very um, real thing that everybody had to experience. And I think it just goes to show how important that physical, like um, being able to physically see people that you love and just even, you know, strangers too, because it's, you know, any sort of like connection is, it's, um, it's, it's very important in just day-to-day -day life. And I guess the pandemic really, you know, explained that to us, I guess, or just sh sh um, helped give it more importance, I guess you could say. Um, I, I had a bit of an off-topic question. I did this yeah. thing yesterday a little bit, but it's a little different this time. Um, you mentioned like in your first year that you kind of had a hard time finding like-minded people. So over mm -hmm. the past couple of discussions that we've had with members of the exec team, a lot of people have said that they found a great sense of community um, in their part of being like a part of the team of the USC. Yeah. Um, and this is my second year, so in my first year, I had no idea what was going on with the USC, but I'm just curious, was this your first role with the USC, or did you have previous roles with the USC in prior years? Um, so last year, I was the president of the Huron University College Students Council, um, which meant that I had a dual voting role both on um, Huron um, Student Council's General Assembly and then also council at the USC. Um, and so being a USC counselor gave me a lot of exposure to the different um, services and opportunities available at the USC. Um, I also just in in the process of being president and, and through that role had the opportunity to do a lot of work that's similar to what the VPUA does. Um, I sat on different committees and boards at Huron. Um, I was the, the chief advocate for students. And so I had a lot of reoccurring meetings with administrators um, and there were a lot of advocacy projects that I was passionate about forwarding. So the combination of my experience as president at Huron and then also being a counselor at the USC at the same time, I think enabled me to see that connection between the skills and experiences that I was already building in my existing role and the opportunity to kind of further that through my involvement at the USC. Um, so it, it just kind of aligned that it was the right year for me to do it. Um, and honestly, that 
that feeling that I had when I was a first year and I didn't really know where to go or, or how to sort of start building that community was alleviated as soon as I started getting involved with student government. Um, and when I um, became an executive of you know, the first club that I joined, um, that did a lot to build my leadership skills. It helped me find people who valued similar things as me. And the more involved I got in student government, the more different kinds of people I met. Um, so it definitely did a lot for solidifying my pathway forward through undergrad um, and definitely illuminated the opportunity that I ended up um, pursuing to become VP University Affairs. That's awesome. I actually had no idea. I kind of feel a little silly. Again, oh, the student government stuff so new to me because my yeah. first year was entirely online. I didn't even know the, the affiliates did stuff like that. That's actually really cool that, that there's a whole sect where they're kind of doing their own thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Each of our affiliate colleges are their own institution, right? So they all have their own student council that is actually like a, a registered non-for-profit. And if you're the president of your student council, you're also like the CEO of the corporate entity. So it's a really cool opportunity and our affiliate councils yes. do a lot of amazing work. That's Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, you know, like Rekha was saying, like I didn't even know some of these like roles existed and it just goes to show that like, um, you know, there's actually a lot out there. And if you just like, you know, take the time to like go around and see what you think you'd like and just like, you know, try new things, then you can find, I guess, your niche, your um, your community and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's, you know, it's also kind of crazy to like hear about all the stuff that happens in the background. Because if you're just like going to university and you're just like, <laughs> vibing you have like no idea what is happening behind the scenes to make like everything as it is it's so insane over the last couple of discussions to like learn about all this stuff because it is crazy yeah and i think it really like gave me perspective and i'm sure rebecca gave you perspective too on like you know just the um amount of work that goes into like being able to have these services accessible to us and um yeah like it, there's a lot of work that goes into it and it's really exciting to see like new projects come out that you've talked about that Zamir and Maddie have also talked about. So it's really, it's really, um, it's really fun to listen to. Um, um but to, to kind of go back on track, cause that was like a, just a random thought, I guess, um, to kind of build off of how you talked about the struggles that you'd faced with the pandemic i am curious to know what positive changes you think came about due to issues illuminated during the pandemic mm -hmm. um i mean one thing that occurs to me right off the bat is um the space that that gave us to talk about equity um and this is equity work is vital um, there, I, I don't think there's really another way to say it. It needs to be done. Um, there are too many people um, in our world that are falling between the cracks of systems that were designed to exclude them, discriminate against them, and enact violence on their bodies. And we need to change that. And we need to prioritize work that, um, that can support us in achieving that goal. Um, and I think the pandemic um, and the way that it coincided with other social movements like Black Lives Matter, the way that it um, intersected with um, the discovery of um, children's bodies at residential schools really helped people who don't typically have to think about these things because of the way that privilege functions um, to think about it. Um, our Indigenous communities have have known that, you know, these, these bodies were there. Um, we've had the, the report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission for years. 
Um, so it's not as if this wasn't public information, but the funny thing about the pandemic is it sort of made time function differently. Um, and it made us hone in on um, those tragedies really, um, but also deliberate acts of violence and discrimination. Um, and I'm really happy to see that there's been momentum for change um, and hope that as we continue to navigate the pandemic, that we can continue to prioritize active anti-racist and decolonial work. Wow, that was very well said. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it's kind of interesting because like a few years ago, I think the narrative of just society was really focused on, on the word equality, but it has 100% over the past two years shifted into being more equity focused. And I absolutely love that. I think that's absolutely beautiful, far more appropriate, um, way more focused on specific societal issues that occur. And I think that you can even see that within, um, like you kind of mentioned earlier, like you can see that in our university environment um, over the past two years as well, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, this year, um, we released our racialized and religious students policy paper, um, which was led by the University Affairs portfolio and was, if I hadn't said menstrual advocacy, it would have been the thing that I'd highlighted when you asked mm -hmm. about, um, you know, something that was exciting to work on this year. And because it's the first time that we've had a policy paper of recommendations built by students um, in order to further equity advocacy on campus. So you're right, there's a ton of really great momentum for that on campus, both at the university level and through the USC. That's awesome. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'd actually never heard of that. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. One of my um, big jobs as VP University Affairs um, is I lead a team of student staff in writing policy papers, um, which essentially outline what, um, what we want to see the university do differently in order to better support the experience of students. So we have policy papers on everything from um, affordability and tuition to um, now racialized and religious students. Um, I just had an anti-sexual and gender-based violence policy paper get passed last month, which is really exciting. Um, and what these papers do is they broaden the scope of what USC executives can advocate on. Because um, I, I can't just go into a meeting with an administrator and push for something that I think is important because at the end of the day, I'm here not as an individual representing my interests, but as someone who is working on behalf of students. So what we do to make sure that the work of the executive and the advocacy priorities that we're forwarding is grounded in the voices of students is we write policy papers um, where we um, consult um, with a wide variety of students. We'll put out surveys, we'll run focus groups, we'll have conversations with student groups that are working on similar priorities. Um, and then um, our, our student staff um, and my wonderful associates um, will work on writing out what those recommendations look like from a more technical policy standpoint. Um, our counselors who are elected by students will collaborate with us, give us feedback, and then eventually vote on those policy papers to um, put them into action. And once they've been endorsed by council, then um, the executive of the time can advocate on those recommendations. So it's a really powerful tool in our tool belt of change making to try and um, make sure that everything we're doing is um, informed by what students want. That's awesome. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. That sounds awesome. And, and it really goes to show like how much power that we as students have, if we just, you know, know where and how and when to use it. So I think that that's it's really, it's really great. And like adding on to that, what do you think is important about student-led services? And do you think they are good models for greater society and just students who will slowly then integrate into the real world after university? 
I think student-led services are so, so important. Um, at the end of the day, students are the people who are best positioned to speak on what makes a good student experience because we're living it. Um, students are the people that move through the system of the university. So even if something makes sense to an administrator who is looking at it um, at a high level, who oversees a lot, um, they're not gonna be the one um, moving through the practical effects of whatever policy or program that is. Um, and so that means that students are actually the people who should be informing decision-making. Um, so when we have student-led services, we don't even have to deal with that gap of um, you know, whoever's running this doesn't actually understand how it's impacting people because the people who are running it are also the people who are being impacted by it. Um, so it is really important to place student decision-making at the forefront of what we do at the USC um, because otherwise our services wouldn't really align with what the need is. So student-led services are so, so important. And I think that they're great models for greater society. And um, I think it's a great way for students to get experience, build leadership skills, um, and help learn more about what motivates them. So yeah, I, they're super important. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, this question is always the hardest one because by this point, we've talked about so many amazing resources and usually <laughs> a favorite has already been said. But I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, could you share some thoughts on any new USC resources or service that, <laughs> services that have been implemented in the past year? I know that you've already said a couple. Um, and then what are your favorite USC services or what services would you recommend to a fellow Western student? Mm, great questions. Um, something that is new um, that Maddie and Zamir and I have been working on, so you might have heard a little bit about this already. Um, <laughs> Can I guess? Can I take a guess? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> is it USC Nest? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But please I'll explain it. it to us. Explain it. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so the USC Nest is our network of equity and support teams. Um, it's essentially going to be like the one-stop shop for everything wellness um, oriented um, that we do at the USC. Um, you both know this far better than I, I would in a lived way, but our peer support center does amazing work in order to support our community. We have um, our food support services at the USC, um, and we really want to expand our ability to um, support students. And so um, the USC Nest is going to um, incorporate the Peer Support Center, um, our food support services, which will be renamed our community pantry, a new USC Upcycle Center, um, which will support low-income students who need access to clothing, um, and then also um, a new sexual wellness services portfolio so that we can really focus on supporting students in navigating that area of their life. Um, and hopefully provide some holistic peer-led um, care for students. I love that. Every time I hear more about it, I get more excited about it because yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to continue to be I'm like I'm a peer support volunteer. Obviously, I'm here uh, in a co-VP role for a peer support execs team thingy. You know how it'd be. Um, but I definitely want to continue my role in the peer support center next year. So I am super excited for all of this stuff that's going to be happening. Um, I did have, I guess, one more question. Um, just because I think this is still going to be released before the applications close, but do you have any advice for anyone that wants to apply into any of the USC roles that are um, avail available right now on the Get Involved page? Great question. I'm so glad you asked it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, demonstrate in your application that you care about students and supporting students and that you understand the importance of that work. 
Um, and then as long as you are you're passionate, you're interested in the role you're applying for, um, and you're able to communicate that effectively in your application, there is you know nothing holding you back from um, you know ach achieving what you want in that role. Um, we need students at the USC in order to do the work that we do. I've talked a lot about how we try and ground everything that we do here in um, student perspectives and student feedback, but nothing tops um, our programs and services being student led. So if you want a hand in how we do work at the USC, if you want to earn really valuable um, skills. Um, in, in leadership and in team development, um, join. All you need is to be passionate about the experience of students um, and to be able to communicate that. So join us. Beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and taking some time out and, you know, talking about really important things and, you know, everything that um, the USC has to offer. Yeah. Thank you yes. so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> And for the final time this school year, that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening to the SOS podcast this year. It has been a pleasure collaborating with so many awesome people and telling you guys about some of the awesome services that you can access here on Western's campus. Um, good luck on your exams. And I guess that's it.